This is the Sean Campbell Show, a podcast for the aspiring and hungry entrepreneur. Hey everybody, it's Sean Campbell with the Sean Campbell Show, a podcast by entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs, and we're fortunate. We're doing our first happy hour podcast with a good buddy of mine, Mike Marquez. It was his idea, giving you all the credit, Mike. I appreciate that. And um, we had hoped to have a few other people here, but we are in the middle of COVID-19. Mike and I are staying very, very far away. Plus, we're both drinking a little bit of medicine. I measured it, everybody. We are officially six feet apart, so no Officially? Worries. Officially? And did you see that? Did I send you that article? Which About one? how whiskey, how a doctor in Germany said that whiskey is actually the best thing to take for COVID. Oh, yeah. No, that's exactly why uh, it's a regular thing for me every day. Yeah. Yeah. So not only are we six feet apart, we're also we taking may medicine. or may not be drinking a little whiskey right now. Absolutely. Thus the happy hour. Yeah, well, happy hour and also medicine hour. Medicine like, hour. Taking care medicine of ourselves. Hour. This is, yeah. the way I see this, and this is actually the excuse I give myself every day, <laughs> is uh, it's self-care, mm-hmm. first off. Mm-hmm. It's happy hour. you got to be happy. Gotta but be happy. I'm also medicating. And, medicating you know, hour. it's, I don't know if it's... Uh, I don't know. What's the, what's, what's the psychological It's the same term? thing as taking vitamin C. Yeah, what is that? Confirmation bias? Confirmation where bias. Where it goes with what you already believe. Might I well really didn't think it. we're going to get that deep in this, that first happy hour. But we oh, there. we're just scratching An the hour and 39 seconds into, <laughs> we went into confirmation bias. There we go. Well, wow. it's, it's just about <laughs> sticking to your guns. Not back under my heels on my own show. <laughs> I'm the one who's supposed to be pushing you back. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Mike, please introduce yourself hi everybody sorry i have a chip right now um <laughs> i'm michael marquez uh, just stepping into the professional realm mm-hmm. going the financial services route with a company called mass mutual so right now i'm currently studying for my securities exams i have my insurance license so that's what i've been specializing in uh so far over the past few months but eventually i'll be uh Assuming the role of a full financial advisor. Mm-hmm. So it's been a lot of fun. Networked with Sean in the past, been going to his networking events. So I'm sure some of you who have uh, seen me before are probably listening to his podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, it's a pleasure, Sean. Thank you. No, thank you. And, you know, I'm just going to put this out there. I've already promised you, you know, once you get your securities, whatever, that I'm going with you forever. Uh-huh. Right? And I know my securities guy doesn't listen to my show. <laughs> I don't think my... If I were to walk by my securities guy, the guy I had on me, he wouldn't recognize me. Yeah. Well, it's... And, and that's... At the end of the day, I think it's that relationship that... You and know, don't get, yeah, don't get me wrong. He knows what he's doing. Phenomenal guy. Absolutely. Far. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's really where I think business in general, especially... On this show, when we're yeah. talking about you know entrepreneurs and the way they conduct themselves and the way they right. spread the word and, right. and right. do what they do, mm-hmm. the relationship is half of it. Right. Because right. you can put in all the effort to learning your craft, but mm-hmm. if you don't have that connection with somebody, yeah. how in the world are you supposed to teach them? Yeah. And how in the world are you supposed to bring value yeah. if they, you can't even talk to them? So, so one thing you know, it's it's like when when you and I talk. I forget you're what in your mid twenties. Twenty two. Twenty his early twenties, but it's always sound as if I'm talking to some dude in his forties. Thank you. So it's, why why are you this 
I don't want to say mature, but I, why are you this? Because there's people that are mature sure. at an early age, but they still don't get it. They act mature, and they, you know, they're they're um, that they have, you know, their their focus on their careers and this and that. Mm -hmm. But you actually get the value of relationships. So, where the hell did you get that? Well, as I always tell everybody, um, and I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I always tell people that, uh, you know, I'm a product of my parents. Mm -hmm. I have a full belief that a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the traits of myself that people think are, are wonderful and exciting, mm -hmm. um, you know, I can't take all the credit for that. It's always, you know, because especially me being an only child, mm -hmm. uh, my parents focused on me. And, you know, they really wanted to make sure that I grew up as you know, had the best childhood available, but also that, you know, they took the time and effort to help me, you know, craft skills in general. But so, I think, you know, a, a big part of the Can mindset, I ask what your parents do? Yeah, they were in law enforcement. Oh, wow. So uh, both of them, my mom was with uh, the Tucson Police Department for wow. 25 years. Wow. And my dad was with the state police, DPS, wow. for 28 years. Wow. So... Did you uh, have any, you know, inkling or any... Uh, motive or aspirations to get into law enforcement yourself? They told me, since I remember hearing their voices, <laughs> stay as far away from law enforcement yeah. as possible. That's what We've my, already uh, done it. My dad was in the military. Yeah. And right out of high school, I wanted the easy way out. Before we started talking on the podcast, everybody, we were talking a little about school. And I hated school. I mm -hmm. hated school. But I did well in high school. I got a scholarship and stuff like that. My dad, and, you know, I told my dad, I said, I just want to go in the Air Force. He's mm -hmm. like, no, you're not. I'm school. <laughs> no, you're not. He wasn't uh, even right. open to for discussion. I, I guess no, so. Okay. <laughs> all right. I tried. <laughs> so he, he had, a, you know, obviously being, and probably like your dad too, mm -hmm. a little bit of a, you know. Uh, well, my dad was in the military as well. So oh, that, okay. it was an aspiration of mine to, yeah. to want to do that. But I did want to always go to college first. Mm -hmm. And then, exactly. you know, and then go that route. But my parents did their best to you know, mm -hmm. direct me a different mm -hmm. direction. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it may be a piece of my life that I feel like would always be unfulfilled because yeah. it was like something that I wanted to do, but obviously was always discouraged to, to do it. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, um, I, I mean, I have a full belief that everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the it, it was, I, I just take it as a sign that they had a very good reason for me not wanting to go right. the directions that I initially wanted to. Right. Now, you know, when I went through the college process, um, mm -hmm. again, I just graduated from the U of A in December, so mm -hmm. uh, it's still pretty new, but, um, you know, going through the college process, it's, you know, we were, like you said, we were both talking about school and we were talking about, you know, how there's a good portion of it that may not be the most fulfilling for a student these days. Yeah. Um, and you know, especially right now, as, as distracting as things are and as many extracurricular activities right. that kids have available now, right. um, it's distracting. Right. But it's definitely a time where you experiment. Mm -hmm. And it's a time where you really figure out, because you are kind of separated from the home life that you grew up with, mm -hmm. to, to, you know, who are you? Yeah. As an individual, who yeah. are you coming of age and, and going from a student to a professional, you know, it feels like the change is overnight, but of course when you think about who was I four years ago as a senior versus a freshman, it's a different story. Was there a moment where you're like, okay, now I'm a professional, or do you still feel you're kind of in that transition, or did you feel that way before? Or? I think, 
I would probably say that, especially in my stage right now, it's uh, it's it's in the transition period. Because of course, you know, and I don't know if, uh, and I think we all feel it. Mm-hmm. There's almost like an imposter syndrome going on when you're just stepping into the professional world. You know, <laughs> there's a sense of I still feel that. Yeah, well, and there's a sense of who the hell am I? To be giving this type of advice or to be doing these things. And it's like, you the more you slowly prove it to yourself, mm-hmm. the more you realize, I'm already past that. Yeah. I'm, I've been a professional. I just didn't realize it until right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think for me, and I actually kind of, okay, this is the first Shark Tank reference on this podcast. <laughs> for me, I was watching, and I saw the episode just the other day, where... One of the investors, it was a guest investor, I can't remember his name, a brilliant guy though, obviously, right? Um, didn't invest into the guy that was pitching his product. It was an app, a parking app. Hmm. I don't know where that sound effect came from, guys. <laughs> it was a parking app, and the guy didn't invest in him because the guy was too arrogant and too cocky. Really? And the investor was like, I want somebody who's paranoid that He's afraid there's a dude in the garage ready to take his lunch. Mm. And I get it because that's the way I feel every day. Yeah. So, yes, on one hand, I feel like, you know, I have a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. I'm the quote-unquote professional, this and that. But I never, like, let myself buy into it a thousand percent. Yeah. Because I never know what my competition's going to do. Absolutely. You know? And I think when if you get too full of yourself in your head about... Yes, I'm here, so right. the, uh, the growth stops because right. I made it. I'm at the top. Um, you know, th- I think that's really when you lose the edge, and, and that's why I think I'm sure for anybody it's hard to define really when that time was because mm-hmm. hopefully, and hopefully, if you, you know, of course, everybody who's listening to this and in an entrepreneurial area in their lives, they're always learning. Right. You're you're never right. You never cease to be a student. Right. And, and that's something that I always tell myself, and it, it helps me realize that I don't, I don't know anything. Yeah, I have that mentality, especially now. Mm-hmm. You know, I really think, and I put this on my own social media, it's like I think there's going to be two, just one to two types of entrepreneurs now. Mm-hmm. That's it. People that are going to go out of business in the next couple of weeks, and people that are going to survive and be stronger this time next year. Or in this time, even six months from now. Because if you're able to pivot and adjust and know what your audience wants now, mm-hmm. then it's forcing you to master something new. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, I really believe that you got to master that now in the next 60 days. Mm-hmm. If you're not hitting that hard and learning something new and getting outside of your comfort zone and tackling that one area that you may have put off for next year or the year after and just get after it every single day... Mm-hmm. There's so many apps out there. There's so much pro, you know, software out there to accelerate someone's learning. There's people doing webinars every day for free. I did a webinar today for free for Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I had a ton of people on there. And in my opinion, it was all the basic stuff. But the feedback I got, everybody came out with something that they could implement today, mm-hmm. right? So the information is out there, but you have to like forget that being a quote-unquote master takes a year, two years, or whatever, how many hours it is. Mm-hmm. I think you got to force yourself in the next 60 days to be a master, whether it's, you know, in email marketing or whether it's, you know, 
whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I force myself to really, really accomplish here in the next few weeks, in the next few months. Absolutely. Something you're one or the other. There's not going to be any tweeners. Sure. There's not going to be, you know, the, the tweener entrepreneur who got by, had to shut their business down for a few months, and they came back and everything's fine. Mm -hmm. You have to be totally, you have to be at least 50 to 60% reinvented mm -hmm. after all this is said and done. Yeah. Because even after, you know, the, the quarantine and the lockdown and all that is said and done, people's habits have changed. Sure, absolutely. A lot of people are going to be like, you know what, I kind of like staying at home. This was way better than I thought, mm -hmm. and it's way better to order and take out and having delivery. Mm -hmm. I never, you know, I don't have to get my hair cut. I don't have to change my shirt. I don't have to shave. Mm -hmm. I like this. Or even, you know, uh, it turns out Zoom is yeah. a great way to do yeah. business. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know, being in the financial spectrum, that face-to-face -face interaction is, you know, right. it's always going to be important. Right. But. I mean, shoot, some of the cases we've closed recently, mm -hmm. it's all been virtual. Mm -hmm. And I'm realizing, man, that actually might be an easier alternative because mm -hmm. our office is up in the foothills. Yeah. And if somebody's not near the area, it's actually inconvenient for them to have to come and meet us. Right. What if we could meet halfway? Think of the time where I'll save it now. Mm -hmm. You know, I am in my office like two or three hours extra a day, sometimes four hours extra a day. But I have to admit, part of it is because there's no sports on. Because <laughs> there's nothing to watch on TV for me. So know? bored that you actually do work. That's, I'm so bored, there's nothing else to do. There's no bars to go out to. Hence well, the happy hence, hour. Hence the medicine. Hence the yeah, happy hour. My pharmacy's closed right now. <laughs> so there's nowhere to go out and have a beer. Mm -hmm. There's nowhere to go watch a game. I can't go home and watch a game. So I'm here, like, working... 12, 15, 12 to 13 hours a day. And I'm getting a lot done, right? But after all this is said and done, how many nights a week am I going to be like, you know what, I'm going to put in an extra couple hours. Mm -hmm. I did it for the last two months, you know? So that's what I'm curious to see. How much of, or what percentage are going to kind of stick? To, how many people are going to be paranoid? Mm -hmm that COVID-19 is out there still. Definitely. Or something else. And just stay home. You know? How many, what, what percentage of people are just gonna stick to today's, today's norm three, four, or five months from now when everything's hopefully cleared up? Mm -hmm. So you gotta be able to address the old audience and this new audience that's, you know, it, it's, it's never gonna be the way it was in the beginning of 2020. Absolutely. Never. I don't think so. It will never be that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you have to master, I think you have to master the art of connecting people over Zoom. You know, I think you have to, like when I do my Zooms, I call people out by first name, mm -hmm. you know, so they know that I, even if they don't have their, you know, video up. And a lot of people, well, I'm not going to be on video. I'm still in bed. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm like, that's okay, but I'm still going to talk to you. And it enhances the engagement, too. Right. Because right. it's so easy to disregard something that's going on in your, your computer. My goal. Because we got our phones in my front goal of us, too. Is I, want to feel, I want that person to feel I'm in bed with them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, restart. All right, all right. Restart, yeah, restart, restart, restart. <laughs> all right. And I'm only two in. I'm only two in right now in the happy hour. Yeah, so. just wait till four, everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we may have to break this one up. Yeah, this, part two. Part two. <laughs>
So we have another friend who may be joining us. So if he does, then the uh, the topics may uh, be a, a bit more personal. He's a, a great dude. Yeah, that's cool. And, and that's yeah. honestly one of the things that I'm super fascinated about with, you know, the podcast forum. Right. Is, you know, and... and at least my pod. I mean, this is the first podcast I've ever been on. Cool. But also, I've been you know watching some and and seeing how the conversations do transform. Right. And if somebody wants to give their two cents, mm-hmm. they can give a dollar on right. top of whatever they want to give right. because frankly, it's not right. like the traditional media where there's they take the sound bites. <laughs> right. It's easy to get taken out of context. But in this kind of form, people can actually give their thoughts. Yeah. But what's funny is like you, you asked me a couple of times, mm-hmm. and I think you're asking more just like out of you know, the respect that you have for everybody, not in with me in particular, but just how respectful you are. Thank you. I think you're asking me what the what are we gonna do in the podcast? What are we talking about? Just so you can be prepared. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it's always conversation. This is the way sure. most of my podcasts are. Most of them were actually not drinking, <laughs> <laughs> but a few of them we have been right. But this one, I have a feeling it's going to be a little over the top. But there's, I scheduled a podcast for, uh, this is a, a Tuesday evening. Mm-hmm. And I scheduled one for Thursday morning with a guy who is so anal. Who's asked me at least 20 times over email, what's the podcast about? What's the podcast? Uh, oh, by, he'll, he'll send me an email about something else. And, oh, by the way, did you get my message about the podcast, right? Yeah, so I was doing some research on podcasts. And... <laughs> right, so I purposely have, like, did this some to torture him. Yeah. Because he's the ultra. I need to be prepared for everything. Otherwise, I, I he will short circuit. Mm. So my goal for him is obviously to short circuit him on mm. the podcast, right? <laughs> because... He's a business coach, and he overanalyzes every single word, hmm. every single phrase, every single movement, right? Sean, why did you say it that way? I said it that way because I had a hiccup in between my sentence, you know? Right. I mean, I didn't, you know what I mean? So I'm really going to put the screws on this dude. I can't wait for this podcast on Thursday morning. You should do something fun like Two Truths and a Lie, just throw them just a, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, he, he, he's, a, he's a phenomenal business coach. Mm-hmm. He, he knows his stuff. He's sure. like Tony Robbins certified and this and that. Cool and stuff. He throws all these acronyms at you. And, you know, and, and he, he really knows his stuff. Um, but I've been purposely kind of not telling him <laughs> that it's really about nothing. Just to screw with him. Yeah. I'll be honest. <laughs> Which it's, you know, and it's kind of funny because obviously, you know, we've, we've got our professions. Yeah. And, you know, it's something that we're more or less more qualified than most people to do. Our individual slices of the whole pie. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, when it comes to these free forum conversations, right. I think it really goes a bit right. more in depth as far as. You know, if you're networking with me, mm-hmm. you know me when I'm wearing a suit. Right. You know me when I'm in right. a shirt, pants, dress, you know, dress As shoes. you are right now. Right? <laughs> yeah, in, in my three-piece suit. Uh, not my fedora. It's on not, the, not the rack outside. ball cap on. Yeah, right? In a black t-shirt and ripped jeans. No, it's and, and it's interesting because I think... You know, being able to really get to know somebody right. without ever having to meet them. 
yeah. you know, because yeah. when we're when we're networking and when we're in our business environments, you know, yeah. uh, it's hard not to put on the mask mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. I'm this person, therefore mm-hmm. I need to conduct mm-hmm. myself this mm-hmm. way. But mm-hmm. you know, being able to just have a drink with somebody, yeah, and really get to know them, I have a feeling, you know, and that shoot, maybe Mad Men had it right. You know, being able Maybe. to really just <laughs> kick it with people and still get business done. I don't know. It you seems know? like there's kind of a culture right now of like, if you're in the business environment, right. you got a mask on. And you're not necessarily the person that you always have been. It's funny you bring that up because I would always have loved to have been a business owner from like the early 50s to like the mid 60s. Oh, heck yeah. I think I could have killed it then. <laughs> you know, because I think my strength and it's because my dad was in the military Mm. I picked up and left we moved every two to four years and in between that time everybody around me moved every two to four years so my greatest strength is really just being able to meet and communicate with everybody Mm. doesn't matter where you're from you know your background your ethnicity your religion whatever I, I can relate to everybody because I grew up around everybody you know, my, my best friends were, you know, black, Korean, Hispanic, and just, you know, from one spectrum to the other, yeah. right? So I feel comfortable around everybody. I feel comfortable on the south side of town as much. This is funny. I feel, I feel more comfortable in a dive bar than I do in a bougie bar. Really? Yeah, and it's not even close, Mike. Mm-hmm. If we were to go, like, if... Um, oh, the sh- what's down here in Fork, the, the divers of the dive bars? I mean, I got a bison witches. Bison witches, or um, <laughs> God, what, what, what's the, the other one that's around the corner from uh, off Fourth and take the first ride under the underpass? Oh, are you talking about like O'Malley? Sh- not O'Malley. Oh, the shanty? Not the shanty. It's- um. It's not the shelter. Then it's probably too divey for me, Sean, because oh <laughs> I don't think I've ever There's been there. There's literally no windows in there. It smells like not just a little but deep urine and vomit when you walk in there. Is that the place you go when it's just like, all right, I'll just take a Miller Light. I'll, I'll take something that's been sealed. No, no. The last time I was there, I ordered my little IPA. Yeah. I was, I mean, th- there was bikers in there. Mm-hmm. I got there about 4.30 and I was meeting a buddy of mine at 5. So I was there early and, I mean, the smell is just horrible, right? There's no windows. There's writing all over the wall. I mean, it's just really, really bad, right? And by far, I was the most dressed up dude there. I was, you know, polo and a pair of jeans, whatever. And I was, yeah. like, dressed up, right? So I walk in there, and everybody's dingy. The place never closes. I mean, they're open at 6 a.m. <laughs> God, what is the name of this place? And It's not the buff, is it? The buffet. Is it? Yeah, the buffet. Okay. Yeah, the buffet. Okay. So it, it's hard to walk into the buffet and not walk out intoxicated. So <laughs> I went there, and I was ordering the IPAs. My friend had the IPAs. Um, um, and, you know, we were there for a few hours. Another friend showed up. They were given a shots of this green chili tequila and this ancho chili tequila. Whoa. Just out of the blue. Yeah. At 6 o'clock, they gave everybody a poker chip. And I'm like, what's the poker chip for? Like, oh, you give it back to us, and we'll give you another beer. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I took care of the tab for the three of us. Yeah. And the tab, because how much the tab was? Like 20 bucks? 
Sixteen dollars. No way. Sixteen. What? And we had and the and the IPAs we had were the sixteen ounces in the cans. I'm willing to bet if you went to any other you know craft beer bar, shoot, oh, yeah. it'd be sixteen bucks for two. Right. Yeah. Right. With that particular one, I'm not going to say it out loud, mm-hmm. but if say we had we had more than six between us, right? So that would have been like seven bucks a pop. Easy. That would have been at least forty to fifty dollar tap easy. Sixteen dollars. Jeez. Yeah. You don't walk into the buffet and walk out not sober ever. Yeah. Well, you go in with a pocket full of change and you're set. Yeah. And everybody was cool in there. So when I first got there, I mean, there was you know the old jukebox, not the ones with the app, not the ones where you know no. you got to put the dollar bills in, right? <laughs> and you got to flip through all of them. Right. The, right. The you got to flip. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, the. Uh, n- they, you needed, I think, three $1 bills or five $1 bills, or I forgot what it was, but I think it was five. So I had three $1 bills on me at that time. So I gave the dude, this biker dude, like mm-hmm. three of my, and everybody's looking at me like, you, you, you're going, like, yeah, why not? And he's like, what do you want here? And I'm like, dude, looking at you, I don't care what you play, you know, just whatever. This will be cool, right? And then the dude next to me had been there since 11. Because the bartender told me, he's like, this guy's drunk, watch out, blah, blah, oh, boy. And he's looking at my watch, and he's like, dude, nice watch, can I see it? And I'm like, sure. So I hand him my watch, and everybody's like, <laughs> like what just, are you doing? And I'm like, look, he's not running nowhere. He can't get away from me. <laughs> so he's like, cool, nice watch, and we're talking watches, this and that. So I made buddies with everybody instantaneously. And I, I'm more comfortable in that environment mm-hmm. than if you put me in like up in, you know, the living room up on uh, yeah, Lock and Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I, I'm just more comfortable. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. 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 And I guess it's about, you know, just figuring out who do you vibe with? And right. I think that's a big one of, you know, building a network. And it's something that, you know, I'm, of course, in the learning process right now of mm-hmm. figuring out, you know, who, who are good business contacts? Oh. Because, of course, when we start off, we're always thinking anybody and everybody. Yeah. You know, let's talk to everybody. Yeah. But at some point, you know, when we do start getting busy and business starts picking up, it's thinking about, all right, there are some people, and maybe this could be the 80-20 rule of satisfaction after you talk to somebody. You know, there are a few people 80, 20 who... 80-20 buys everything. Absolutely. It's... Everything. Yeah. That's, and it was... Uh, was it Pareto? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, his principle? Yeah, the Pareto okay. principle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, I think, and kind of to go into that, talking about relationships, you know, right. that's there. That's why we only, you know, yeah. if we're really real with ourselves, because yeah. a lot of people I'm sure would say <laughs> they got 10, 15 best friends. If we're really real with ourselves, we've got one, two or three. You got more fingers on your hand than you got... Exactly, and, and people and who that, truly understand you. That's just the way it is. And, you know, of course, yeah. you know, just coming out of college, there's a, yeah. there's a lot of BS on the friend spectrum. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, kind of really finding your, your niche yeah. in general, yeah. just who you are as an individual yeah. and who you vibe with. Yeah. That's been one of the more interesting, like, principles that I've been learning mm-hmm. stepping into the world is yeah. because, like, you know, how many people are who could be professionals are still insecure about who they are. Right. So they surround themselves with everybody because, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's, you know, you got to have the BS meter on. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many people out there that you network with or you meet out at a networking event and they talk a big, big game. Yeah. You know, if you ever hear 
you know what, you and I need to meet, you know, you and I need to have coffee tomorrow morning or by Friday, then they're full of crap, mm -hmm. you know. But if you have somebody that's like, you know, how about we follow up this discussion, can I have your business card, let's sit, you know, let's have coffee, you know, in the next couple of weeks, right? Mm -hmm. And it's genuine, then that person is a good networker and they're trying to meet somebody new. Mm -hmm. But if you're out networking, and, and you do a good job at this because you always get to learn what other people do, you know, and if you're out and if you have a genuine interest in helping somebody build their business and asking them how can you serve them, who could I put you in front of to help you grow your business? One, that puts people back on their heels, but mm -hmm. two, it's like, I owe this guy now. Yeah. You know? And it's not that I want a ton of people out there feeling it's that they owe me, mm -hmm. but if you have a genuine interest in helping somebody build their business, yeah. whether it's the next week, the next month, or a year from now, it will come back from you, I promise you. Absolutely. And you it's, I guess it's going into every situation with that you know, abundant mindset. When, when of, people start yeah. to think about who they want to handle their finances, who, who they want to handle their, their retirement, inevitably, Mike, it's gonna be you. If you can hang on this next two, three, four, five years, I promise you, when you by the time you're all of 27 years old, <laughs> a whopping 27, you're gonna be like killing it because <laughs> everybody's gonna like, that's the guy who listened to me. He sent me a referral. Mm -hmm. He sent me a strategic partner. He listened, he said hi to me every single time. Mm -hmm. And you know, again, my financial guy is brilliant, but. I, I know he only wants like the big fish. Sure. You know what I mean? I and, get it. That's fine. Yeah, and what and that seems to be, you know, when it seems to be a, a common progression mm -hmm. with professionals. You know, of course, maybe at one point, uh, you know, he was at the phase where, you know, let's let's mm -hmm. really try to take care of everybody. Right. And obviously, you know, maybe the eighty twenty rule affected mm -hmm. him as well. Mm -hmm. Talking about, you know, okay, yeah. there are these twenty percent of people who mm -hmm. most of my business is coming from. Now, absolutely to modify and enhance your business, mm -hmm. do that. Try right. to taper down what clients right. are making you the most revenue. Yeah. But the big principle that is one thing that I try to tell myself every single day mm -hmm. is that regardless of how much I can get from somebody, mm -hmm. I always try to be courteous with them. Right. I always try to right. make sure right. that if I'm talking to them, they feel like they're the only person in the world that matters to me. Yeah. No. Because And it's not being fake. It's just having the genuine interest of mm -hmm. knowing, listen, there's always wisdom we can get from everybody else. Yeah. There's no person who whose opinion should be invalid from us. Regardless, yeah. I don't care if it's in the political spectrum and you don't agree with somebody right. or if it's in the business world where right. maybe they're a competitor. We all have wisdom to share, and we'll be damned if we yeah. don't share the wisdom because, frankly, we, we aren't here for no reason. Mm -hmm. We're here to bring value, yeah. but I think value can be brought to even competitors. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, along those lines, I hate losing a client. <laughs> I hate it. I mean, that's the one thing I hate the most about being in business, mm -hmm. if I lose a client. It'll ruin my day. And I don't care if I earn two or three new clients the same day or the same week. Mm -hmm. It's that one. I will remember the one client that I lost that month that will, like, like just irritate the crap out of me. Yeah. You know? Now, how do you – let me ask you. When you 
lose a client, what kind of process mentally do you go through? And what, and what, what did I do to lose it? It's not, I never blame the client. Sure. Well, as far as maybe leading up to the the disconnection, mm -hmm. and then after that, you know, as far as I don't, maybe somebody's looking for advice when it comes to Definitely. if you have lost that connection with somebody, what can they do to help themselves feel better about it? Um, what do I do to make myself feel better about it? Sure. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> just kind of, it's like it's a situation where like somebody just has to move on from it. Yeah. Keep, keep yeah. Trying. I mean. It, on one aspect, it, it motivates me yeah. to be better. Um, I, 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 you know, for the most part, I'll, I, I'd retain. If I retain a client for four or five months, then more more likely than not, I'm going to have them for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I've had clients that have been with me for the full time I've been in business. Um, um, it, it, it's either kind of one or the other. I'll lose a client within the first three months, or they'll be with me forever. And even if I lose that client in the first 90 days of working with them, mm -hmm. it still burns me. It's still, and, and there's, I always feel that there's something I could have done better. Even yeah. though if I, and I, I hate to put it this way, but when I send a proposal, and I send what I'm gonna do for the client, it's always in mind that I'm going to exceed it by 15 to 20 percent. Mm. You know, if I say I'm going to do X, you're going to do X I know plus 15. I'm always, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and this is the way I do it. Um, but, it, you know, I, I, I feel like I, I let them down mm -hmm. that didn't meet some type of expectation. Interesting. So, mentally, I go through the whole relationship mm -hmm. and wonder what I could have done better. Now, and of course, I guess, you know, always being a student, mm -hmm. I guess you can always take it as a learning Absolutely. opportunity yeah. to say, what, it, let me make sure I don't make this mistake again. Here, here's one thing that I learned, you know, the first 12 months. Mm -hmm. It's in the first 12 months, honestly, I was not given reports every month because they could see what I'm, what I was doing on their insights. They had access to it all. So I assumed that they were looking at that every month. Mm -hmm. But after the first 12 months, you know, I was, it was a little rocky and this and that. And then I learned, it's like, I got to remind my clients what I'm doing for them every 30 days. Sure. That they're not going to go and click and look into this and look into that. And they'll start shopping yeah. rates. Right, right. And, yeah. And there's a few clients that were asking me, Sean, aren't you doing this? And I'm like, yeah, it's right there. You don't see it on this report. Mm -hmm. You know, they, this is your page. And they're like, no, I don't know how to get there. So then I, I started doing monthly reports, even though when I first started, I didn't think I needed to because I have access to all this information. Mm -hmm. But they weren't, one, they may not even know how to access it. And two, I need to remind my clients every month what I'm doing for them. Mm -hmm. And once I did that, that was my biggest thing. It's where I, I, I got to remind them, it's like, you know, I promise you X, but I'm always exceeding. I'm always exceeding. I'm always doing this, always doing that. Yeah. And for every client, I always try to do more than what is really written on paper. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Um, and I think that's, you know, the, the value just as a professional that, yeah. like you said, can't be put on paper. 
It's mm-hmm. just that whether it be the relationship, mm-hmm. right, or whether it be just the level of comfort yeah. that they might have, you know, letting you in the circle yeah. of their lives, mm-hmm. you know, because shoot, we get intimate <clears throat> with our clients sometimes, right. really knowing right. what's important to them. You know, it's like, you know, I mean, if you're listening to this in 2021 or whatever, go back to April of 2020. You know, we've been on quarantine for about three weeks now. Uh, yeah, just something like that. We don't know what day it is. I've been working from home for like a month yeah. so far. Yeah. So I hate using the word opportunity during this time, but it's an opportunity for anybody, everybody to remind their clients why they paid you in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I'm not tooting my own horn, mm-hmm. but at, at the same time, it's like there's things that I've done that I was proactive. Yeah. And I reached out to my clients and I'm like, look, you went from doing 30000 a month to zero. Mm-hmm. These next two months are on me. You know, let's get through this together. Yeah. You know, and there were like three or four days, Mike, where, I mean, the emails and the phone calls were rough. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's business owners that have been around for decades and they're just like, you know, in tears, you know? Yeah, they're ready to close up shop. And it wasn't because of their situation, because they, they didn't want to let their employees down. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, those, I mean, I'm so lucky to be that work for the people that I work for because, I mean, they're just great people. Mm-hmm. They're great people first, and they're very good business owners second. Yeah. But it was rough, you know, and my business took a big hit. Mm-hmm. A big hit. And two weeks before, I'm in this new office, so it's an extra few hundred dollars a month. <laughs> and then I opened up the Tempe office. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's a few extra dollars a month there. And then I invested in my desktop was an extra grand, you know. <laughs> so financially. And folks, for- we're not even using the equipment that Sean originally bought for his yeah. podcasts. It's sitting in the corner right now. Yeah. We're, we're doing this on his phone. Yeah. Man, we're not even using the podcast equipment. <laughs> Because I don't want people speaking into the mics, you know, whatever. So That's fair. Yeah. So it, it's like all this extra overhead that I took on, then all of a sudden, boom. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, I have clients that, I mean, generally just can't pay. Yeah. It's not their fault. It's totally not their fault. Mm-hmm. But what am I going to do? Sure. Just tell them, well, it's good knowing you. Thanks for the last four and a half years of helping me pay my bills. Right. I'll see you later. I'm like, No. I'm not going to, like, not work for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's being somebody who's got a heart in business. Somebody who's got that empathy to be able to really level with somebody if they're having struggles. It's that I think that's really where good becomes great. The, the, um, the business owners that could put themselves in a client situation mm-hmm. and be able to, like, 90% come in tune with what they're feeling and what they're going through... I think that's one of the keys in business. Mm-hmm. That's the first key right there. If I can understand what you're going through and say, you know what, I know the right thing to do is this, then I think that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. I literally have competition that they're, they, they've literally handed me their programs and say, Sean, what should I do better? What could I do better? And I'm not, I'm not going to tell them. Right. But I'm looking at their programs and I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> this sucks. It's like, no wonder I've done okay. Yeah. Because you guys suck. Mm-hmm. This does not 
help out the client. One of the benefits of what I do, it's not that I just don't help them market their business, but I help them save time in doing so. Right. They don't want to learn how to do their own social media, nor do they want to pay somebody that's already on payroll to learn it because right. they're busy doing whatever. Mm -hmm. But so I save them money and time and I exceed expectations. My competition, honestly, one, they overcharge, mm. and two, they don't save them time. They don't, because they're just handing them content and telling you, okay, this is when you post your own content. Right. I'm like, what? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they give me content for the next 30 days and I post it myself. Well, the content's crap, <laughs> none of it's current, and you know it's like and oh, you also have to do it yourself yeah and why, why why do you need to post somebody? a you know this picture of a little kitten it has mm -hmm. nothing to do with your business right you know what i mean so i'm sorry i'm calling out my competition on my <laughs> podcast here but this Jesus, is what happens when sean get Campbell your head gets over your, two old fashions in his system get your head out of your ass <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and, and you know i think that's a big portion of uh where we can continue to strive right. is making sure that we're always out competing. Shoot, mm -hmm. um, I mean, first off, ourselves, right? Because I think that's a part of always having that mm -hmm. the attitude of I'm never, I'm never where I, I'm proud of myself, I'm proud of where I've been, but I'm I'm still not satisfied. Right. I want to make sure that I'm better tomorrow right. than I was today. Right. Just like I'm better today than I was yesterday. Yeah. But also having the competition kind of light a fire of mm -hmm. there's even if somebody is already seeing mm -hmm. somebody that does what I do, mm -hmm. there's still value I can bring. Yeah. You know, because too many times and, and I hear this all the time, and if you know somebody else is a financial professional, we've heard it hundreds of times. Mm -hmm. I got a guy. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I've got somebody. I already talked to them. The first question I always ask after that is, how is that relationship? Wow. And I am If you've always, 42 minutes in, you've got, some, you got a golden nugget right there. And I am <laughs> always surprised to hear how much right. others in my position right. often neglect their clientele. Right. And it's not, you know, and again, I'm not here to tarnish anybody's reputation. No. It's just, this is my real life experience of actually hearing people yeah. completely dissatisfied with the, the advisors that they chose to hang their hat with. Mm -hmm. And people do need to understand, you need to expect more from yeah. the professionals you're paying right. to handle right. your life. Right. You absolutely do. It's right. your money. Right. It's your business that they might be helping with. It's your life. And that's where I think, you know, the power should really be in the client. And we should always be servants yeah. for our clients. Yeah. You know, um, I hear that too. I, yeah. I hear, oh, there's a ton of social media guys out there. I'm like, there are? Like who? Right. Because I generally don't know who they're talking about. Oh, there's this guy. I'm like, okay, you named two of them. Who, who are these other people? Mm -hmm. and, and really, I mean, I've seen a lot of like, quote unquote, social media people come into my, you know, this industry the last four and a half years. And I don't mean to say, I'm not arrogant about it, but they're not going to, they don't last a month. None of them ever do, you know, because they, they, they're not marketers. Mm -hmm. And that's what helps me distinguish myself. It's like, I actually have a marketing background. Yeah. I just don't know how to post. You know, there's a theory and an idea behind it. There's a lot behind it. 
you know, and nothing drives me more crazy than when I see another company do like an Instagram class and they got like 36 followers on their Instagram and they posted, <laughs> you know, and last post October yeah. 2018. Yeah. 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 How are they getting away with doing an Instagram class when they don't do it themselves? It's like just the mantra, practice what you preach. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm, I'm never, ever, ever going to do a Pinterest class. I've never <laughs> had a client that's at need, need a Pinterest. I'm not the guy to go to for art lessons. So yeah. I'll, just, I'll throw that out. Yeah. So <laughs> it's amazing still how there's businesses out there that survive without even practicing what they preach, mm -hmm. you know. So, now let me ask you. Yeah. When it comes to, uh, I'll just straight up ask it. How did they get away with that facility? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah? I really don't. Hmm. Um, because I think it also negatively influences somebody who might want to do it, right. but also undercut the effort that they need to put in there. Here, here's my idea behind it, because mm -hmm. I see them all the time hanging out with people on the, on the personal, on Facebook, on their personal side. Yeah. So I see them hanging out with other people, and it, it has to be all relationships. Sure. That's all it is. You know, and, and, and again, relation, building up your relationship and building up rapport is like number one. For both you and I. And I guess that is the caveat of being good at relationships is right. you may be able to get away with a little I mean, more than they, if you didn't they, have a they good relationship do. with somebody. They certainly do. Because what's funny is that a lot of my webinars that I'm doing, I'll see those same people attend my webinars. And a part of me, I'll be honest, like, are they watching this to take my information to give to their friends? Sure. Or are they taking it because their friends suck? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so w whenever I see somebody that has been hanging out with somebody that com competes with me, I, 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 I tend to wonder why they're attending one of my webinars, mm -hmm. you know? As you and I are doing a podcast right now, I've checked my messages on my phone. I got a message from one of a comp one of the, a competitor's, one of their best friends. Oh, okay. You know, so it's funny. It's, it's like... Why are you going to me and asking me for help when your best friend does what I do? Right. So, I don't know. Business is a funny thing. Business it is. Because it's, uh, you know, there's always like a dog-eat-dog dog kind yeah. of uh, like mantra. Yeah. You know, that yeah. I think it's it's always like lingering yeah. whenever we go to these types of like yeah. networking events yeah. and you look around and there's Have like you noticed four the other last, people. The last several of mine, there's always a competitor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We'll start charging their ass when they start showing up. You should. <laughs> have, them, have them split the cost of the actual event. Because of freaking guacamole. Right? Yeah, it's, it's expensive. Right. Don't worry, it never goes to waste when I'm there. So That's cool. That's I got cool. you. Yeah. yeah, but really, we're going to wrap this up. I mean, I really appreciate all your support. I do. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, appreciate the opportunity. You always, for... you always attend my events. You always, you know... It's not, it's not just cool that you attend my events, but there's always, 100% of the time, there's somebody afterwards that say, you know, that mic guy was really cool. You know, so not only are you attending events, but I love having great people there. So thank you for being there. You know, um, really appreciate it. I appreciate that, Sean. Um, thank you. Thanks for having our first happy hour on the yeah, Sean Campbell shoot, Show. The, and, you know, honestly, the more the merrier. I can't wait for the next one. Well, the first one, honestly, was supposed to have, like, three or four people here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. But I, I Fernando didn't show up, and mm -hmm. I understand, because he had an appointment. 
Yeah, maybe when all this stuff is over, you know, yeah. and everybody's kind of, well, like we said, it yeah. may never get back to normal. Yeah. But back to close to the way it was, yeah. we can definitely get yeah. more people. Yeah. I wanted like three or four of us that just kind of, but we had more boots. Right. We more boots. Well, do you think it should be longer or do you want to keep it to about an hour? The half hour? Or yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think our not forty-eight minutes is really conversational. It's really, yeah. good. But um, I never go into a podcast thinking it should be only be like fifteen, twenty minutes. I, I, oh I don't, yeah. If, if it's generally most of my podcasts are about fifteen, twenty minutes, but I could tell my guest doesn't have much more to say. Oh, for sure. Um, and part of it is it's. It, it's not their fault. It's because I haven't prepped them, mm. you know. But I wanted just a good 15, 20 minutes. Because the feedback that I've gotten is that I can listen to a podcast on my way into work. Mm-hmm. And your podcast, the length of your podcast are perfect. Yeah, think about commute in Tucson, 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, where right now it's like six. <laughs> hey, well, it's happy hour. We're, we're on quarantine time here. So last question, last question before yeah. we cut off. All right. Have your parents ever arrested any of your buddies? Uh, no. No? No. 50 years of law enforcement between them, not that you know of. Not, not that I know of. And, (laughs) and also, uh, when I started to get into a, uh, let's just say more socially active crowd, Mm -hmm. they were already retired. So I... Fernando's on the way. Oh, you want to keep it going? You know, when he gets here, we'll do happy hour two. Part two. Part two. Boom. All right. Oh, but, oh, did you stop it? No. Oh, did I? I don't know. No, no, no. No. Oh, crap. No, no. So go. Okay. (laughs) But but to finish off, no. But I will say this. I never got anything like a detention going through school. I was a straight-up kid that's awesome dude growing up that's awesome. uh i will say this i wish i was, was a little more fear? rebellious was yes 100 oh, yeah. out of fear there's when when both of your parents are there's cops wrong with that. and they're coming home with like their squad gear it and like gave you the discipline you have today sure yeah. i just wish i would have acted out a little more it probably would have given me more stories to tell but so dude it's like i i i told you this before my dad was stationed in germany when i was yeah. in high school so I would sneak in every Saturday night or Sunday, early Sunday morning, mm-hmm. right? So he never caught me except for one time. And But you were in Germany as well. Yeah, I was in Isn't Germany. Isn't the drinking age like 16 there? It was 16 if you were with an adult. Oh, but honestly, okay. if you were cool, if you didn't cause any crap. You didn't kick it? Yeah, they didn't care at all. <laughs> they didn't care at all. Every Saturday I would save up my lunch and my, my uh, allowance. Yeah. I wouldn't eat lunch at school I would just bring some snacks so I'd save up my lunch money and my allowance and I'd spend it Saturday nights in Germany there we go me and a good buddy of mine Carl Edwards not the NASCAR driver (laughs) Carl Edwards we would pick out some random place random hole in the wall we'd be the only American not just like people you're not just kids but people in there yeah full of a bunch of burly German dudes and the first like 15-20 minutes were kind of like sketchy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so like, what are these two kids doing in here? Like, who are these kids? Yeah. But after a while, we're just like having beers with them and just having fun. And then we go to this place called Big Ben. 
uh-huh. where all the high school kids would go to. Uh, it was right next to a church. That's why uh-huh. I was called Big Ben. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So that's where all the shenanigans happened. Oh, yeah. And not one time were we ever, like, out of line or in trouble. Yeah. See, I have a feeling it's like, you know, because it's not like... I think it was more of just... They always had their eye on me mm-hmm. because I was the only one. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, kind of the progression of, hey, the, the firstborn is always the... Right. The more restricted... Yep. Second born is like a little more freedom. Yeah. The youngest is yeah. just a, a, a tornado. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I was the only one. So the mag- yeah. you know, the magnifying yeah. glass was on me yeah. when it came to what I did. So I think that was a part of it. And then also, like, I don't know. I, it could have been just my friends, too. The friends that I, like, hung out with yeah. just never really did anything crazy. But that's not a bad thing. Yeah. No, it's not. not a bad thing. It's not no. a bad thing. That's what made up for You know, I mean, I, I, I kind of brag about me being in Germany and going out drinking every weekend, but we never got in trouble. Mm-hmm. Drinking over there, I mean, you could literally go to McDonald's and say, yeah, I want a number two with a more bills. Yeah. You know, I mean, it wasn't like, I'm gonna get tore up. It was just part of the culture. Yeah, and th- that's one of the interesting things about, you know, learning about different cultures. Yeah. It's just realizing, you know, some of them, shoot, I mean, alcohol is a daily thing for them. Right. And for us, right. it's a, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Thing. Right. It's three, three days out of the week. If you're crazy. Or, or a Tuesday thing like it is now. <laughs> <laughs> My first happy hour is on a Tuesday. <laughs> on a Tuesday, yeah. Well, shoot, might as well. That's the thing is we're on quarantine time. No, Every time's, day's time's relevant. Every day's the freaking same. <laughs> day in, day out. It's the same thing. It's the same routine. This, uh, this, uh, throws a curveball. I've been between here and my home, my office and my home for what four weeks straight mm-hmm. it's the it's like groundhog day yeah. it's groundhog day isn't it <laughs> i spend more way more time here than at home i go home to go to sleep yeah i get up at 4 35 o'clock and i'm in here by 6 37 every morning mm-hmm. and i hang out and i work and take a walk around the downtown a couple times a day and that's yeah. it it's the same freaking day every day is uh i mean because i've been actually been on the side of town for weeks um, how is downtown right now? Empty. Is it pretty shut down? Yeah. Empty. Ghost town? I went and picked up the, uh, our, um, rations yeah. for, uh, <laughs> the show. And I didn't pay for parking. I just parked wherever I wanted to park. Really? And hung out and got my, got our stuff. And, I mean, it's, unfortunately, it, it's a ghost town, you know? Um, from what I hear, though, a lot of the restaurants have adapted, and that's a lot of takeout and stuff. It is. And from yeah. what I hear, they're not monitoring the meters anyway. Yeah. And that's another big thing. You know, is really, this is the time to start supporting the local businesses. Absolutely. Because right now, Absolutely. especially when their regular traffic just is not what it usually is, yeah. people shop local. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I did. Here's where I'm going to end on. There, there's a. Uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to Azteca Embroidery. Do you know what they're doing? Mm-mm. If you're a small business, and and I didn't reach out to them last week when I heard about it because I thought every small business would be like inundating them. Mm-hmm. There's only been like nine or ten of them so far, right? Mm-hmm. So I reached out to them, and uh, heads up. Okay, we're almost. We're gonna finish right here. Oh, okay. So. You could buy one of my shirts with my logo on it for ten dollars, and that small business gets it. But I'm going to donate that $10 to Facebook ads for my clients. Oh, so every shirt that I sell is going to my clients. Awesome. So we got to wrap up. Mike, 
Thanks for hanging out. Appreciate it, Sean. Yeah, we may just start doing this uh, like every Tuesday. We've got nothing else to do. Yeah, might as well. It's <laughs> All right. Cool. Thank you. And take care. Thank you for listening to The Sean Campbell Show. Follow us on Instagram at The Sean Campbell Show.